So anyways, I, I run up behind him and I say, last one to the barn is a rotten egg. And I smack him on the rump <laughs> and it turns out it's not my grandfather, but instead it is our music minister. And so obviously I wasn't allowed back into the choir after that sad incident. <laughs> did he make but a joyful sh- noise afterward? He made a joyful noise whenever I did it for sure. Um, and I'm sure you understand, you know, with your father being in that position. Um, obviously that's not the one that I um, gave a little spanking to, but <laughs> you can understand that that's a tough position to be in. Oh, it is tough. I just can't imagine him singing Hallelujah. He's like, oh boy. <laughs> That's funny. Well, welcome to the Quite Frankly podcast. We love that you're all here listening with us week in and week out. It's such a blessing. Bo, what is your uh, what has your week been been like? It's been a week. It's been seven days, and it's been a beautiful seven days. I got it back into Summer House, so I'm going on these stints where I'll watch a season, take a break, maybe watch a little U.S. Open, then watch another season. And so, finish season four of Summer House, and, well, quite frankly, it's interesting. Um, I'm just going to say it. There's this guy named Jordan who talks about his erectile dysfunction a lot. Unmarried guy named Jordan, but he's also on the show publicly professing Christ, but also going out to bars and hooking up with women. Supposedly, right? Supposedly, yes. Some have found him to be lying. There has been video... (laughs) I digress. <laughs> and anyway, um bad example, bad Christ-like example on the public show. I'll say that much, but I can I mean, we can only judge from the outside so much. We're all bad Christ-like examples, I would say, um in our own respective ways and categories. So, played a little pickleball. I've been making a weekly routine of doing so. That's been nice. And then I watched a little rom- romantic comedy. Some say them rom-coms. And it's family-friendly. TV 14, I believe. It's called Happiness for Beginners. And it has Aaron from The Office. And it was quite, it was quite good. It was a little emotional. Um, without, I'll just tell you how it started. Is Aaron. Um, she was divorced. Her name's not Aaron in the movie, but Aaron from The Office is the actress. She was divorced. She goes on a camping trip, learns how to be happy again. Um, but it's quite beautiful. And I would recommend to our listeners, if you're looking for entertainment that is wholesome, this is that. Also, this podcast is entertainment <laughs> that is wholesome. <laughs> and family would, friendly. Indeed, indeed. I would say that's um, quite the juxtaposition you know from summer house to a tv 14 rom-com um and i would say i'm not sure if you've seen i think it's season five uh it's i the haven't seen season five 
It's the COVID year of Summer House, and I finished that last week, I think. And it is, let me tell you, it's my favorite season of Summer House of all time. Because they get this massive house, and it's typically a big house, right, that they all go to in the Hamptons uh, for two or three days over the weekend, and then they go back to their normal working lives in the city, right? But in this season, since COVID has hit and New York City has shut down, they go out to the Hamptons for six weeks straight, and they work remotely in the house, and they obviously party on the weekends in the house, and it is, man, there is so much drama, and it's just their everyday lives. You just see the different working styles of people, um, and there's some people that you watch it, and you're like, man, I really don't like you, but you also have to remember that these people are at the mercy of the editors and the producers uh, over at Bravo. So I try not to hate them too bad, but there's one girl in particular that I just really dislike, but I'm not going to say her name on this podcast. So That's good practice. I'm looking forward to season five of Summer House myself, so thank you for sharing that little teaser. You're getting me a little hyped and um, excited, if you will. <laughs> what have you been up to this week? Well, this week would have been a typical week. However, we had... Hurricane Idalia come mm. through the area, really uh, made landfall around Cedar Key, further north from where I'm at, but we got some serious wind and rain over the night on, it was early, early Wednesday morning, um, but I worked from home on Wednesday. I will say we shot a Patreon podcast with some great friends of ours about the hurricane and some of their hurricane preferences. Um, so that's just a little shameless plug right there in the middle. But you can, get a little, you can get a little teaser of the episode on our YouTube channel. Um, but we need to be, I guess this is good business, is we're not actually, it's not Patreon, it's um, Spotify subscriber. So Patreon is an actual company come to find out I did not know this and then I just thought Patreon was a little another term for you're gonna pay to watch these episodes <laughs> but I was wrong so subscriber only on Spotify if you're listening we'd love to have you we do some crazy stuff we also do some nice and gentle stuff as well so anyway like Brett said shameless plug Shameless plug, and I think you can tell who handles the business around these parts. You know, I say Patreon, you say Spotify, subscribe. It's all the same thing, but it is on <laughs> Spotify, subscriber only rather than Patreon. So apologies for the misleading comment there. Well, I, I need to apologize as well because I didn't even know. I just want, RP, I just want us to make as much money as possible. <laughs> That's a joke. We do not care about the money. We care about you as the listener. Whatever right. you feel is best, we trust. And also, data has shown that people typically have one hour of free time throughout the week and also can scrape together $3 um, every month um, for, you know, whatever you choose 
and I really hope that it's it's our uh, Spotify subscribers. So. That's backed by data. <laughs> That's backed by science. But other than the hurricane, um, I was watching the news after the hurricane, and you know, one of the great things about living in Florida is there's always just some some goofy people. They call them Florida man, I think, more broadly, but it's just great to live in a state where there's so many people who just love to have fun, you know? It's a hurricane, there's power lines down, there's, uh, you know, meteorologists standing out in the rain and a guy is paddle boarding behind him, or some dude's coming by in a John boat, you know, with a five horsepower Johnson behind him or something, so it's great. It's incredible all the, the antics that people get into when they know that they're going to be on TV. So, um, let's see. Other than that, what have I been up to? Oh, yesterday I was at work. I had to, I had to work on a Saturday, sadly. But I come into work and I get a notification that Jimmy Buffett, Mr. Margaritaville himself, has passed away at 76. And, yeah, Bo, I can see you're tearing up here. You love a good cheeseburger in paradise. I'm getting a little emotional. Um, Anyway. And and 76, I mean, that's not old. But I imagine... That's five years older than George Strait's fishnet nipples. That's right. That's right. I will say, Jimmy Buffett's probably lived... I don't want to say a harder life, but his lifestyle seems to have taken a toll on his body um, more so than George Strait. You know, he wears a lot of long sleeve pearl snap shirts, whereas Jimmy Buffett, he's out in the sun in the in the keys, you know. And actually, it came out today that I think it is uh, skin cancer is what got him. Oh, so, sheesh. Yeah, pretty rough. But when you're... Uh, you know, people's favorite artists to listen to on the beach for beach music. I mean, what a way to go, right? So, um, and I but always wondered... Go ahead. I was just going to say, to an extent, that could have been prevented with proper application of sunscreen. Right. So that's sad. It is sad. But also, you're Jimmy Buffett, you know? Do you have to wear sunscreen when you're Jimmy Buffett? And now we know the answer is sadly yes. Sadly yes. And growing up as a kid, I always wondered, you know, he's got the restaurants, Margaritaville and whatnot, why he never opened up a restaurant that was a buffet and call it Jimmy Buffet or Jimmy's Buffet. And I think now that his passing has come and gone, I think a lot of people are starting to realize that he really missed out there with another I, restaurant chain. I couldn't agree more. In fact, I would almost challenge us to create, quite frankly, quite frankly's Jimmy Buffet. <laughs> quite frankly, this is Jimmy's Buffet. <laughs> I think that would be excellent. Well, I think that's going to have to be uh, an advertisement here in a couple of weeks when we get it the, will. you know, we'll get the retail space bought out, 
um, have to hire some waiters and waitresses and yes. chefs and whatnot. Um, but and that'll honestly, help us think, get our second mortgage as well. True. <laughs> true. That way we can put more, you know, we can leverage more for the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, but yes, I, I think that running a restaurant is probably one of the easiest things you could do as well as owning a restaurant. So I think we should do that. It doesn't really take that much time or effort to be successful at it. So um, I hope nobody goes out there and steals it from us before we can do it, because obviously we're putting this out on the airways about Jimmy's buffet. But really, he's just one letter away from buffet to buffet. So that's it's those true. are my thoughts on a Saturday morning whenever I hear that he's died. I think about all the opportunities that he didn't cash in on. I appreciate your thoughts. What here? Here's my question. Because I'm not an avid listener of Jimmy Buffett or Jimmy Buffet for that matter. What is the difference? What kind of style of music does Jimmy Buffett play? Jimmy Buffett's music. How do I say this? I picture Jimmy Buffett's music as somebody has been working hard with, um, you know, a labor-intensive job, not a desk job. They've been out sweating, you know, grinding all week, and it's finally, finally the weekend, you know. Maybe they want to go out to the beach and have a couple beverages at the tiki bar listen to some steel drums, maybe some some sailing music, perhaps. And I think that's where Jimmy Buffett, and really I'd say Kenny Chesney, I mean, they're not really the exact same type of music, but you get the same vibes. Um, but yeah, I mean, when he was doing his thing back in the 70s and had a huge following, you're only going to grow from there, right? So that's how I'd describe it. But that I, was I what I was trying that, to... What can't you believe? Oh, I couldn't believe that you're not really familiar with his music. Well, I know Margaritaville, but I could not name you another song that he plays. That's so sad. I, I may get backlash for that, but just know that I listen to Christian music instead. <laughs> That's a joke. That is a joke. Christian I'm music is not honest. a joke, but I'm making a joke. That's the fact. But I ask the question because I'm wondering who his successor might be. Is there another person like Jimmy Buffett? And you mentioned Kenny Chesney. Now, with Kenny Chesney, I can for sure tell you that I don't think I know his songs. But I might know one. I just don't know that it's actually Ch Kenny Chesney. You know what I'm saying? Not really. I would think you would know more Kenny Chesney than Jimmy Buffett. Kenny Chesney is more of our time, you know? I'm an, I'm an old soul. What can I say? <laughs> I know Johnny Cash, Jimmy Dean, um, Big Bad John. You want to talk Jimmy about... Jimmy Dean? Yeah. Like the sausage? Like the sausage guy? No, no. Have you ever heard of Big Bad John? I haven't. 
Oh, you're going to have to listen to this. This is this is my grandfather's favorite song, I think. But the first lyric is, Every morning at the mine you could see him arrive. He stood six foot six and weighed 245, kind of broad at the shoulders and narrow at the hips. But ain't nobody ever give no lip to Big John. That's the Whoa. first chorus. So you want to talk about labor-intensive, someone, someone driving and grinding throughout the week, and you... <laughs> You want to talk about breaks? Oh, Big Bad John had no breaks. He worked seven days in the mine, six feet down under the ground. And unfortunately, the mine crashed on Big John's shoulders and he died. I just gave you a synopsis of the song. I highly recommend it. Um, it gets kind of emotional. Maybe we'll play it on the Patreon one day. We'll do a little duet. But That would be awesome. Wow. Maybe Big Bad John listened to Jimmy Buffett. Or would have listened to Jimmy Buffett. Unfortunately, Big Bad John died before Jimmy Buffett came to rise. That is unfortunate. But. Wow, we've just learned so much about musical history. I didn't know that. I didn't know that Jimmy Dean um, did anything other than sausages. He uh, does so sausage that's... and he does Big Bad John. Apparently, <laughs> he's a multifaceted man. <laughs> Oh, they call him the Renaissance man. <laughs> what kind of sports have you been seeing lately? Well, I, I watched a lot of football yesterday um, and Thursday, unfortunately. But we're not going to talk about that because I'm still in denial. So, Who played Thursday? Uh, Utah played Thursday. And I can't really remember who they played. Uh, but Utah won. So that's really all I remember uh, from that night. It was a, it's a little hazy. Um, but Saturday, I saw TCU lose. And look, I know your brother's a big TCU fan because you all hail from, from the Fort Worth area. Um, but Dion, Dion Sanders is now the coach of Colorado. And I think they were 21-point underdogs. And they came in and won it with a touchdown with, I think, two minutes left. So it was a classic, you know, Big 12 versus Pac-12 game. It was like 42 to 30-something, a lot of points. Um, but, yeah, it was his first game at Colorado. They call him Coach Prime. Uh, and really the big news story coming out of that, other than the defeat, um, was his press conference was just, I want to call it electric, but it was really just very boastful. And I'm not a huge fan of his personally because he just got up to the mic and said all sorts of things about how great he was and how great his team was. And so maybe I'm a little old-fashioned when it comes to that, but I just don't think I could get behind it, you know? He's got some talented guys on his roster. He totally overhauled his roster. I want to say he had 31 guys transfer out uh, that were currently playing football there. So he cleaned house and brought in some really talented guys. Um, but when he got up to the podium after the game, in my eyes, he totally made a fool of himself. So that was my synopsis of it. I don't know That's if you a saw any of that. I did. I watched the full game. Um, I can tell you, the people I was watching with, we all 
were kind of like, this team is overrated. Shador Sanders is overrated. But as the game went on, we began to transform into we res- us respecting the talents of Shador Sanders. Some people called him Check Down Shador. Others people called him Check Down Sally. But by the end, everyone was calling him great at football. And so it was nice to see that transformation of the mind and heart toward another fellow human being. And that's a, that's a strange conundrum some football fans find themselves in as we get in this mode and we forget that the people that we're cheering against are also people as well. And so we treat them poorly virtually. But I would be willing to bet if we were face-to-face with them having a conversation, we would treat them nicer. So it makes me ask the question, why is that? Why do we do that? I don't really have an answer other than maybe that we're sinful. Us being two proclaimed sinful men, I think we can fall into that category easily. I also believe that there is some psychology behind it as... Two, it's always easier to talk bad about someone when they aren't there. Um, perhaps it's because we don't truly believe it, but we want people to like us. Oh, I didn't say that. That was too good for me to say. Anyway, I wanted to ask before I got on this tangent, why do they call him Coach Prime? I think it stems from prime time. I think when he was at Florida State... I think he was good. Um, Of course, I don't like Florida State, so I'm not really familiar with their history or anything like that. Um, But I I think he was particularly boastful there as well when he was younger in his career. So they called him Prime Time. But now people just call him Prime like it's his first name, and it makes me think of Transformers every time. Optimus. Optimus, yep. That's a that's interesting. Um, I had a follow up question and then I forgot it. Coach Prime, what an interesting. Oh, why don't they call him Coach Time? That was my follow up question. Because I mean, as time goes on, he's losing his toes, and so I'd say his <laughs> his big toe is not Prime. I'd say Time got the best of his toes. <laughs> Oh, sorry, Coach Prime. I didn't mean to hurt you like that, but he's been, he said he doesn't care about his toes, so. Well, his toes have really, his toes deceived him, you know? They did. I mean, those things were jumping ship. I don't think they believed in his coaching either, like the rest (laughs) of us. So so he got rid of them just like the players that he got rid of. That's right. He he cut them straight off. 31 terrible players at Colorado. Let's get him out of here. He's like, oh, my big toe also isn't functioning. Get it out of here. <laughs> That's good. Oh, boy. Have you? So last week we talked about Spain. And we talked about the Spanish World Cup. Well, the World Cup that Spain won in the kissing. Have you seen the updates from the conundrum that was the Spanish kissing? I, I haven't heard any updates. I think they're trying to keep it uh, hush-hush. <laughs> well... 
we're not keeping it hush hush. We're dropping a bombshell on the Quite Frankly podcast. Spain government, well, the Spain, the league of soccer, football, has passed some kind of action to where the Spain government can't actually suspend the Spanish coach for kissing the player. But the big bombshell is that there's been a video released of the woman seeing the video and pictures of herself getting kissed, and they were on the plane afterward, and she was laughing and having fun with it, which seems to be deceiving from what the original reports were. And I'm not here to say what the correct report is. I think both reports occurred. Now, I'm curious as to what your thoughts are and if it even matters anymore. Because we did spend a good amount of time on inappropriate kissing. And inappropriate kissing is always wrong. But should the Spain coach be suspended for this? Look, I'm, I'm not here to say what's right and what's wrong. Whether he should be suspended, any sort of disciplinary action. Uh, I will say... When you come out of it and say, this was non-consensual, this was against my will, I'm standing up for women's rights, great, good for you. But it's just not a good look when it comes out that you were laughing about it, cutting around, you know, cutting up on the plane afterwards. Um, It makes it hard to make your case when that comes out. And really, I would say that this bombshell that you just dropped here on our podcast has really cut off her, I guess, feminist movement at the knees, unfortunately, which is the third or fourth time you've done this for different feminist movements. Um, It's just another one that you're punching down on, if you will. I'm I'm sorry. Um, I didn't mean it to be... (laughs) I didn't mean it to be like that. I love I, I love women. I love what they mean to the world and the thing they contribute. Um, I think we are 100% for the rights of women. This is just a, a case. Now, I, I'm thinking back, and I'm, I can't remember the three or other, four other times I've cut down feminist movements. But if I have, and they were, it was wrong of me to do so, then I deeply apologize if it was right of me to do so i do not apologize but that that uh truth barrier only is reflected and comes from the gospel of christ jesus and so that's the update on that speaking of things that aren't right or at least not cool uh have you seen that the former auburn football player his wife hired a hitman in the Bahamas to kill him. I I briefly heard about this, but I don't know the full story. So this woman's name is Lindsay Shiver. I believe she was um, recognized as Miss Houston in 2005. Um, so I will say, I will say innocent until proven guilty, and the court has not, she, the, this this thing goes to trial on October 5th of 2023. But Lindsay, the accusation is that Lindsay Shiver 
who, or it could be Shiver. I'm not sure. It's like Shiver Me Timbers and Shiver. They're spelled the same. Shiver Me Timbers. <laughs> Shiver Me Timbers. Um, <laughs> I, will, I will say I'm certain Lindsay Shiver's white husband's Timbers were certainly shivered <laughs> because she hired a hitman to kill him in the Bahamas. So I think they were separated at this time. Not officially divorced, but going through a divorce. And Lindsay Shiver had been having an affair with another man. And this man, other man and Lindsay Shiver came together and plotted and hired a hitman to kill Lindsay Shiver's husband. I believe his name is Robert Shiver. Played for the Auburn Tigers of the University of Auburn. And so... And then... New video has been released where Lindsay Shiver was trying to see her children, but her husband was keeping them away from her, rightfully so. So the hit, the hit was unsuccessful. But well, thank goodness. Thank goodness we still have a man that's alive with us today and not murdered by his wife's hitman. Praise the Lord. So they were interviewing and videoing him, police body cam footage at the same time I believe there was a police officer investigating and talking to his parents so Lindsay Shiver's parents-in-law and it's just this one big wild thing I would say and it's all back and forth again innocent until proven guilty we believe that on the quite frankly podcast but we also believe in due process you know right and so this thing's going to go to trial october 5th i don't want our listeners to rile up and get angry at Lindsay shiver um now i'm not saying that she didn't do it i'd and if if it's true that she did it if it's already proven that she's did it she's in the wrong okay 100 percent. but i think it has to go to trial first and so, it's going to be interesting. But that's a sports update from this week. And I would say it's quite a fascinating former sports update. Do you have any and, thoughts on this? Well, I think, you know, why... You said that she tried to do it in the Bahamas? Yes. They have a home there. Oh, that explains it. I'm thinking she's on vacation. They're in the Bahamas together. I mean, I guess that'd be a smarter place to do it than at your home in the U.S. or in Alabama, wherever they live, I presume. Um, But I think this just shows that you can hire people to kill somebody anywhere you go. You know, you go to the Bahamas, hey, you know, there's 15 guys on this island that'll, you know, kill your husband for who knows what she paid. What do you think she paid him? I mean, what's a what? What is a death? By did they try to shoot him or what? So he, they were caught. Um, there was a previous burglary attempt, and they were catching the suspect. And this guy admitted to that interaction that he had been hired by Lindsay Shiver to be a hitman for her husband. Wow. Um, what they paid, what she paid him, 
That I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was money. I'm not sure if it was an X amount of minutes together. Um, oh X my amount gosh. of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this this woman from the report seems a little strange. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? Well, no, I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. She, she <laughs> She's a little more on the on the extreme end of that, if that makes sense. That makes sense. But October 5th, I'm I hope they live stream because I'm excited and looking forward to this investigation. That will and be I'm excited that this man is still alive and not killed by his yeah. wife. We're very happy he's alive and also fingers crossed that it's live streamed. Cuz I would watch <laughs> that all day long. I just want to know the deets, you know? Of course. How much did she pay? What did she pay him in or offer to pay him in? What was the weapon of choice by this guy, you know? Mm. Was it a like Colonel Mustard was, in the living room right. with a knife? With a dagger, right. I'm always more of a um, scarlet in the billiards room with a rope. That was always my first guess. The billiards and the rope are a classic. I feel like... I, f- I feel as if the rope has to be in the billiards room. 100%. Is <laughs> there any particular uh any particular thoughts behind that or just a random guess? I think it's the color green. I don't know what it is. I th- so when I think of billiards, I think of the color green. That's the big thing. But wow. I have no clue exactly why i think that (laughs) oh maybe that's too good that is too good Mm. well have you ever wanted to go on walks at 5 a.m but it was too dark outside and you forgot your key to the gym i sure know that feeling uh with the keychain mag laser you need not worry This laser is powerful enough for the police to be called on you. However, the way we see it, they're just providing more light for your morning walking. Uh, Once you get chased down, you can get your daily exercise by running away from the flashing lights, presumably from the police cars and helicopters and whatnot. Uh, With the Keychain Mag Laser, you are sure to burn thousands of calories so you can stuff as many Paisano's rolls in your pie hole that you can fit uh, and take my word for it that's a lot <laughs> so call 1-800-FRANKLY to get yours today um, and I particularly love this product because if uh, if you all have you know heard the previous podcast episode you'll know that I've been walking early early in the morning um, and this new invention came out over the weekend and I've used it a couple times and the police, they chase after you, and the best part about it is when you're running from the police, you can run on the road. I wouldn't suggest that. I like running through fields and wetlands and marsh, and that way your ankles really get that work because you're running through this uneven ground, you know, and you've got your adrenaline pumping and you're burning more calories. It's, it's a great product, 
And I think you should all go out there and get one. Um, I think you can get 10% off if you use that phone number whenever you order or order yours. So, It sounds like this keychain mag laser is a catalyst for physical exercise and endurance. Would that be appropriate? A thousand percent appropriate. I've, I've noticed that typically when I come home after my walks, I've got some sweat on me, mostly because it's so humid out. Um, and I typically walk with a good pace, you know, like I got somewhere to be. But when I'm using the mag laser and the police come after you, then you're really, you're picking up the pace a little bit. I'll say that. That makes a ton of sense. Um, thanks for sharing that. That's a, uh, it seems dangerous, but I mean, you're getting away from them. So. Right. And I mean, if you're not fast, obviously I'm like super fast and I get away from the cops and also they, you know, it's pretty early in the morning. So they're either coming off of a long shift or they're starting on an early shift and they're still waking up. Um, but they're usually pretty easy to evade at that point in the morning. Mm. Well, now we know they're weak spots. So That's right. <laughs> Have you seen, we've gotten some comments. We've gotten some interesting comments recently. Have you seen any of them? Um, I saw one by a, a lady named Megan. I think Megan's got freckles, I think is her username or something like that. Oh, Megan fr- freckle. Megan's got freckles. Yes. She, this is what she said. She said, did I get the phrase, quite frankly, from you? I can't stop saying it. And my immediate reaction is, uh, yes, you did. <laughs> quite frankly, quite frankly is one of the greatest things you could say. Um, and I don't, I don't know if you have any thoughts. I was going to say, quite frankly, you're nobody without us telling you the words to use, adding certain words to your vocabulary. Um, so that's you know another thing to note is that our listeners get so much out of this podcast, especially from a voc- vocabulary standpoint. No, I 100% agree. Um, there is something to be said about repetition and indoctrination. And if we can indoctrinate, quite frankly, into the minds of our listeners and our loved ones, and those are two of the same. They are not mutually exclusive. In fact, they can only operate together. Our listeners are our loved ones. They, then quite frankly, and your vocabulary will be better. And you will make an impact in this land. James Gary also asked a provoking and thought question. He says, don't know if you guys interact with Theo Vaughn much. Has he been on the show yet? But I'm curious what you think of his comments on gracism. What is gracism? Well, gracism is, I believe it's when people from different churches talk badly about other churches. Is, is that, do you understand that the same way that I do? I do understand it the same way that you do. And I, I mean, I think we see this in every church, right? I've been going to church my whole life. So have you. Um, so maybe it's, you know, there's a small Baptist church that's 
talking about this mega church down the road uh, or vice versa. So, but it's a shame really whenever it comes to Christians and they're talking poorly about one another. And we've all got the same goal. Um, but sometimes we just don't worship in the same ways as each other, you know? Yes, but does does that necessitate a negative comment? And I think the answer is no, unless it's unbiblical. Of course. But there is great, there's great danger when you begin talking about other churches in a negative way. Um, and I'm guilty of this probably more than anybody. Um, so it made me reflect. Theo's, Theo's comments made me reflect because we are called to be a witness of the church and we are called to bring heaven and God's kingdom down to earth through the church. So what, and we've been talking about this at the church I go to, is what is the church designed to do and what is the gathering designed to do? Because oftentimes these negative comments about churches aren't definitionally the church, they are about the gathering of the church. And so there is one universal church, but the better way to phrase the gathering of the church rather than calling a church would be a congregation. Mm. So the the church building houses congregants of the universal church. Universal church being the people of God. And for us to see someone as almost an enemy because they go to a different church, I would say that's about as sinful as one can get. You're looking at a brother or sister, a spiritual brother or sister, and saying, you are in the wrong because you're going to a different church. Or, your church is bad because blank. And you get into this dangerous thing because I would argue that every church is bad to some extent. And I would also argue that there is beauty in the imperfection. And it brings great unity to see when other people talk about other churches well. Um, I have a friend named Jeremy, college pastor. I think he says it well. He says, we don't have the market on Jesus. This church doesn't have the market on Jesus. There are plenty of great churches. And quite frankly, you're going to have people that are interested in a different type of worship style that worship more holy, and not holy H-O-L-Y, but holy (laughs) W-H-O-L-L-Y, and fully in a different worship setting than the one you might prefer. Now, is that to say you should create your own church based on your preference? Absolutely not because then you're just feeding yourself. And the beauty of the congregation of the universal church is that you submit to one another, ultimately submitting to the authority of God himself and his scripture. That's my take, but that's fresh on my mind because it's pretty much exactly what we talked about on Sunday. 
Well, that was... Um, I feel like I've just come from a, a theology lesson here. I don't even know how to respond to it. This is say, not a preaching podcast. <laughs> that, that is true, but, Bo, I will say you have the tendency to preach a good bit on this podcast. Yeah, maybe I should fix this. So, it seems like you've you've really gotten in this rhythm where you love to, uh, you think you own the market on talking about our faith. Um, and I think in this moment, I should be admonishing you in that um, and telling you that, hey, you're not better than the rest of us, you know? I'm kidding, think, of course. I think kidding, I'm probably course. worse than the rest of us. I'm here. Here's what I'll say I'm good at is I'm great at perception. So I'm, I'm good at deceiving people to think I'm great, but internally I'm wretched and horrible. That's what I would say. Well, I mean, I would say the same thing. I mean, we talked about reprobate several weeks back. Um, and everyone who listens knows that we're probably the two biggest sinners in the world. Um, so, yeah, I think if we just keep that in mind, you'll never really have a holier-than-thou look, which I think some people can subscribe to. For only two ninety nine a month? For only two ninety nine, you can subscribe to this. Oh, that's funny. Um, that was a real thought-provoking question. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't really think about it all that much, but it just so happened that the Lord timed it up, that the sermon from this morning was about the gathering of the church. So I just, re- I just repeated what I heard, really. <laughs> I would never come up notes, with these huh? thoughts. Yeah, I would never come up with these thoughts on my own, I can tell you that. <laughs> oh. Finally, in our responding to comments, we have a super fan Shout out to Amanda Brooke. She's been following us faithfully. She has been duetting our videos. And we just wanted to take a moment to thank you, Amanda. Thank you for your support and loyalty and for who you are. Yeah, I've, I've seen some of her duets and they're, um, they're incredibly encouraging. You know, a lot of times it's us saying silly things really confidently. That's our, that's what we do. Um, but yeah, usually it's either me or you on one half of the screen and the other half of the screen. She's just kind of maybe lounging. She's like lounging on the couch with kind of this smirk on her face. And I'm like, this is great. I'm glad somebody's enjoying this content. This is we're, so We're getting so to see her live reaction, and it's just wonderful. <laughs> Well, I think in this next segment, I think we're going to be talking about since college football is starting. I wanted to go through and ask you, what is your favorite mascot um, from a, we'll call it a higher education school. It doesn't have to be D1 necessarily, but there's a lot of great mascots out there that are fun, funny, serious. So I, I'd like to get your take on it. Yeah, that's a great question. My favorite and most fascinating mascot is the Stanford Cardinal. 
And you would think the Stanford Cardinals mascot would be a cardinal, the bird. But the history of the Stanford Cardinal is that cardinal is just the color red. So their <laughs> cardinal is not about the bird. It's the color. So their actual mascot is simply a tree. And on the football field, they have a tree running around the football field. And I just think that's one of the great mascots of college football. How about yourself? Well, me personally, and this goes back to kind of my childhood, I'm a big fan of the uh, Delta State, I believe is who it is, the fighting okra. And so when I was going to school, I had some guys that played with my brother in high school, and they went on to play for the fighting okra. But similar to to your mascot there with Stanford, it's just a dude dressed up like a vegetable on the sideline. And he's got these like boxing gloves, <laughs> like Jake Paul. Like he's about to just clock somebody. And it is such a good mascot. I think they're D3. But still, the amount of imagination that comes out of these small schools is it's unmatched, really. They may be Division Three, but they're number one in the mascot race because it is number hard one to beat. In our hearts, <laughs> yes, hard to beat the fighting okra. <laughs> Speaking of fighting okra, today's sponsor is Bunyan Clothing. It's warm and durable clothing that fits the lifestyle of a modern-day Paul Bunyan. I love chopping trees and contributing to deforestation. <laughs> I'm wearing mine right now, and I haven't changed in four days. Use code, quite frankly, to get yours today. And quite frankly, I smell like a bunion. I, I will say that. Um, and you heard, I mean, the ad here says, I love contributing to deforestation. And I think... The forest is a beautiful place to, for natural resources. You know what I'm saying? And so there's really no coming away from that positively. But I'm trying to work my way out here. And so I'm, I praise God for trees that will give us renewable resources to create a great economy. And so I just want my clothing to be reflective of nature rather than having people in these sweatshops being tortured slash un, un, I'm looking for a word that's not right. What is, what is a synonym for not right? Unethical? Unethical labor of mm. children. So whatever I can do to protect those children and contribute and Paul well, Bunyan awesome. is just one of those ways. Yeah, and, and Paul Bunyan, he was such a cool guy, you know, and I, I really like that Bunyan Clothing has come out and um, kind of shouldered what he stood for um, and come out with a clothing brand. I know you said you like, you know, contributing to deforestation. I will say a lot of loggers nowadays, when they go through and clear cut, they oftentimes come back through and... Uh, and plant saplings behind them so that they have that renewable resource. So um, I guess you're a fan of clear cutting without the planting of new trees, um, which I would say is probably not the best habit. But, I mean, you're only one guy with an axe, right? How much 
how much damage could you really do? It's true. I I've developed in I haven't developed a wood chopper company yet, so I'm only out there chopping what I need. Right. Which we could all learn a lesson from. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, Bo, what is your what is your song of the week? What have you been jamming out to? I'll tell you what I've been jamming out to. It's Joy. Joy, the choir version specifically, and Ben Rector, who is one of the great artists in, of all time, I would say, has released a song called Joy. And this was probably over a year ago at this point, but they just came out with a version that includes a choir. And I will say, I, I love choirs, and this choir is magical. They do just the most remarkable job. So, I would highly recommend listening to Joy, specifically the choir version. And I'll be honest, it's going to be hard not to sing it out loud or dance or move your hips. Um, And if you can do that, I would highly recommend that as well. But if it's not appropriate for the situation, I would highly not recommend it. So, if you were at, say, Jimmy Buffett's funeral... I might not stand up and start singing joy and start dancing. Um, but you could. It's certainly an option. Mm. How about is, you, sir? Uh, oh, is, yeah. Is Ben Rector, is he a Christian? I don't know many other people that use choirs. Ben Rector is a Christian. However, his music isn't inherently Christian music, as one might believe mm. what Christian music is. Um, but this idea behind the choir version and the choir room specifically is to revitalize choirs because they're so, they used to be popular in places of faith and worship, but now they're diminishing and falling away. So this is to bring back and renew the choir, if you will. And I've, I've noticed that even congregations that have choirs, we have these music ministers that are doing away with choir robes. And I mean, I think choir robes is a, I mean, it's a staple in many churches. I mean, not only Southern Baptist churches, but so many churches. And we have these new age music ministers coming through and doing away with the choir robes. And I find it a little sickening because when the choir robes go, the choir itself, I think, is not far behind. Mm, so you would say eliminating the choir robes is step one to just discouraging all choirs. Yeah, I mean, once you get rid of the choir robes, you might as well just have a the youth band up there, you know, with the electric guitar. I mean, but this is just kind of the direction that everything's going. And like you said, I hope Ben can revitalize the choir sound because it's so great when you hear just all these voices you know 75 people just belting it all in their different you know i don't want to say pitches i don't know the technical term but everyone's singing their different parts and it's great there it is parts parts that's a very technical term uh parts but yes i i've been listening to and really, this is just the past day or two since Jimmy Buffett uh, 
sadly passed, but I've been listening to Son of a Sailor by Jimmy Buffett, one of my favorites. I know you said you don't know too many Jimmy Buffett songs. I would encourage you to go listen to this one because this I'm gonna it's know a little two slower. After this, you're gonna know, <laughs> you're gonna know two after this. It's a little slower, but uh, I think it really captures kind of the spirit behind Jimmy Buffett's music. You know what I mean? If you close your eyes, you can imagine you're on the beach in the Keys. Um, we used to go with my family uh, during lobster season down to the Keys, and we would always listen to old Jimmy Buffett songs, and it just it reminds me of that now that he's passed, uh, very sadly. You love to, to listen to that music and kind of reminisce a little bit. It is. So it makes sense why you're such a big Jimmy Buffett fan. Because you're going down the keys, you're doing some lobstering, and oftentimes when you're sunburnt, people call you a lobster. And oh, so true. You can identify with that, but I would say you've inspired me to go listen to some Jimmy Buffett, and I'm looking forward to listening to Son of a Sailor. Perhaps, just perhaps, we might be sons of sailors ourselves. Who knows? <laughs> It's possible. You never know. Well, we we were knocking on the door of one hour. And as we know, our people only have one hour of free time in a week. So we need to cut this episode off. Any parting words other than subscribe to our subscriber-only channel on Spotify for the short price of $2.99 a month? No, no, I mean, really, I would just encourage everybody to subscribe to that uh, bonus content. We're going to be shooting extra videos um, and extra podcast episodes, so uh, they're going to be themed. You know, the last one we did was on hurricanes, obviously, but with the holidays coming up, I think there's a lot of fun content that we're going to be putting out. So, um, you know, get in the cup holder of your car, scratch out. Two ninety nine, three dollars. You know, I'm not sure how you translate that that coinage over to uh, <laughs> to your bank account to pay for this. But I would encourage everybody to do that because everyone's got three dollars laying around. Everybody's got an extra hour of time, um, and truly, it's been a blessing to go through and and provide you all with this content. So, yes, I could not agree more. As always. You're an absolute gift. The listeners are an absolute gift. This time is an absolute gift. And we don't take it for granted because we love you deeply and we love you generously. And quite frankly, we just love you as a whole, all of you. So with that, we say thank you and goodbye. See you in seven days.